Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse. When the first wounded night came about, kids kind of stopped going to school. Mm. Tomorrow, Marshall, if you would like to come and join me, I could even show you my operation. Now, I won't share with you the exact ingredients that make their way into my tinctures. It is, of course, a business secret protected, actually, by U.S. patent law. I could show you my operation, and you could be assured you could feel safe. Maybe even take a swig of one of these bottles. She takes a key, a very old rusted key, and unlocks and breaks the seal on, opens, and she places the vase of flowers and the opium tin into the box and then locks it again. I know many of you other council members were displeased that I purchased this vial from that charlatan last evening. I did so with the intent of identifying the ingredients within this potion to find out what he has put in this, that he is making such outrageous claims. We both know that there's no way that this works. Two compounds that you are certain are part of the mixture for Ghost Be Gone are ink and urine. Do you want to know what happened to him? Will that bring you peace, even if it isn't peaceful? Nothing will bring me peace, but I do want to know. I fear that bottle, that ghost be gone, does the exact opposite of what he says it does. I think it does not lay spirits to rest, but rather riles them into action. In the warehouse, in the corner, under the boxes, there is a cage of bronze and symbols. Oh, they swim dark and mysterious in front of the eyes. Don't you just want to open it, Marshall? Don't you want to see what's inside? Yeah. And Marshall, you head back over to your desk and await your late afternoon appointment at Jebediah F. Clarkson's Ghost Be Gone Wagon. late afternoon when your group finally make their way to the warehouse of the north of town where Dr. Clarkson has parked his wagon for the day. It's where his operations are set up. It's where he invited you, Marshall Jefferson Stockley, to come and I mean, take a look for yourself. Invited all of us, really. Well, yes. I, certainly the, the invite uh, was extended. Um, so my question to the four of you, as you all have been going about doing your own various activities during the day so far... Uh, do you travel together or separately to arrive at at the warehouse, at Clarkson's Wagon? If I remember correctly, Gideon and I are already together. And so it would make sense for us to just head on over. Yeah. Yeah. The real question is, do I bring the deputy? Do you? That's certainly going to set a certain tone for the meeting. And admittedly, the deputy is not part of the vigilance committee. It's true. He's your deputy, so sometimes you have him do things. I mean, can't we just make him part of the Vigilance Committee? <laughs> I think you have a... The Vigilance Committee is for later. PCs only? Excuse me? That's rude. <laughs> That's rude. He just doesn't have that glow. At once, Listen, if he can defeat uh, Shonuff in a battle for the streets of Harlem, then he has the glow and he can join us. There you go. That is characterist, David. NPCs can be part of the main group. Characterist. <laughs> what? Just because he isn't played by a real person doesn't mean. <laughs> yeah, fake people are real yeah, people that's too. Kind of literally, yeah, <laughs> that's how this works. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, I got news for you. He is played by a real person. He's played by you. Yeah, and guess what? I'm not part of the fucking vigilance committee. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, we have the Vigilance Committee. So you know what? I, 
I am declaring, no, the deputy has paperwork to do. The deputy has a job to do, as he's been deputized to do. Uh, Marshall, no, he's not going to come because more, more than any other reason, I'm already going to have other people to voice. I don't need the deputy to voice, too. Someone's got to be at the sheriff's office in case right. something else goes down during the Someone's day. got I to feel. prevent you know, the prisoners from being broken. You're many, many prisoners. You're not your non prisoners from being broken out of prison. Someone's got to answer house calls. I guess. Right. So Lorelai, Gideon, the two of you definitely travel together. How about the marshal and angel? Uh, I think we go separately because angel wants to maybe get a little lost and enter the warehouse. (laughs) Damn it, I was going to say that I was going to show up late because he has to walk off the alcohol he just drank with Del Sol. (laughs) Well, maybe you haven't. (laughs) Okay. So, let's describe it as follows, then. Lorelai and Brother Gideon, the two of you, arrive first. Much of the warehouse is actually currently being used. Uh, There's a variety of lumber and uh, materials under like tarpons and the like to keep it you know, safe from the elements for a rail yard that will, you know, in the course of the railway, eventually be built here north of the city. And Brother Gideon, I think you spot as uh, the two of you are, are walking up to the building, walking up past the, the fence line and the different piles of, of wood and uh, material, you catch just the, the edge of the wagon that uh, Dr. Clarkson has here in the city. It's there behind the building. He seems to have a small space for himself set up back there. But I think that he actually is there milling about in the the front of the warehouse building, uh, out where some of the materials are still stacked, waiting for you all to arrive. Brother Gideon and Lorelai, I think the two of you arrive first. When he sees the two of you, he waves an arm up in the air, his smile wide. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Uh, So glad you could make it. It was getting late enough in the day that I was worried if you'd actually come by. (laughs) Where's the rest of your crew, you merry little band? Well, I do beg your forgiveness, but it seems that we are not joined at the hip. Apologies. I reckon they'll be by soon enough, though. I want to mention that Lorelai has been silently fuming pretty much since we left the prior household. Like the entire walk there, clenched fists and looking very gloomy. There's a particular air coming off of her. Yeah. And I think it just gets worse when she actually sees him. His eyes rest on you for a moment. He seems to take note of that. His smile doesn't quite falter, but you do see it. For a moment there, the smile had reached his eyes. It seemed more genuine, but now it's clearly as hollow as it's ever been. This is, you know, a a front, obviously, that he's putting on with the two of you. Still, smile wide. Pardon me, I I assumed that the four of you just sort of went everywhere together, dealing with your your little mysteries you were solving about town. That's okay. Uh, If it's just the two of you for now, uh, there's a watchman here for the warehouse. They can send the rest of them back. If, if you want to come with me, I can I can show you what I promised. A generous offer, but I do believe we'll wait for our companions. That way we can continue to run around together solving our what was that? Little mysteries? You know, like people dying. Small things like that. Alright, which one of us is Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy? <laughs> Uh, I'm the uh, the spectral being, so I should probably be Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about Shaggy? Got that it. he's only using 0.1% of his power at most at any given moment? That's right. Fair enough. See, yeah, there you go. The memes. Just like Lorelai. Just like Lorelai. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it's around this time. Uh, Angel, I want to give you your opportunity to kind of poke around. And you wanted to poke around more in the warehouse area, or do you want to poke around by the wagon? Warehouse, looking for the urine. Yeah, here's here's what I'll say then. 
I think while the three of you, Brother Gideon, Lorelai, Dr. Clarkson, are having this conversation out front, Angel Flynn, you also headed here on foot. But you took a more circuitous route uh, with the intention of arriving here, perhaps unseen by Dr. Clarkson or, or those he may work with. I think when you are getting closer to the warehouse and to the wagon from the side, you glance and see Lorelai and Brother Gideon and Dr. Clarkson out front, but none of them have seen you yet. You're, you're off to the side, coming down the road between a, a few other buildings. And I think you very intentionally direct yourself instead of going towards the front where the three of them currently are, you instead direct yourself towards the rear of the building where you see Dr. Clarkson's cart parked, where anything coming out of the warehouse would have to be loaded that's going onto his cart uh, that maybe you would want to take a closer look at. When you approach Dr. Clarkson's cart there behind, you can see that it's parked uh, kind of catty-corner to the back of the building, uh, the long side of it facing the long side of the wall. All of the signs and tables and all the rigmarole is currently folded up. The cart is closed away, closed for business. All of its doors are, are closed and there's nobody here actively with the cart. When you saw the cart open before, when Dr. Clarkson was selling his wares, with the different tables and flaps that opened and folded, you could see inside the main body of the cart. And there wasn't any operation going on in there where all of these bottles could be housed, let alone filled, or the contents of them made. So you know that he has to have an operation somewhere actually making the ghost be gone that then goes into these bottles here at the cart itself, there's no sign of this, but there is this warehouse here. I think if you would like to try to make your way inside it to look around, uh, that would probably be a day move of some kind, if that's your intention. Is that what Angel Thone would like to do? That is what she would like to do. Yeah. Uh, how would you go about trying to find an entrance here? Any formal doors that you see are certainly locked, but there might be some other ways inside if you're intrepid. Uh, what is Angel Flynn trying to do? Angel's trying to find either a window that's maybe cracked and open or some indication of a secret entrance. Uh, just something that most people wouldn't necessarily think of. Uh, or realize exist. Yeah, uh, let me let me get a day move. This is going to be a based on the way you described it. I think this will be a reason roll. I could also see an argument for composure if you happen to be better with that. <laughs> yeah, I rolled a twelve. Hey, hey! fuck yeah! Uh, day move is a great time to do that. So that's a, a total of thirteen because I have a reason of yeah. I'd argue that, that it's the perfect time to do that anytime. Yeah, that's fair. Anytime <laughs> that's fair. would be great time to roll a 12. No, that's Can fantastic. we use that as our theorized roll? <laughs> <laughs> no. Angel Flynn, you scour the rear of the building. Um, I think there is like an obvious door, uh, some, some larger loading door, but you check it and it's like well padlocked. And specifically, this padlock doesn't look new. It doesn't look used. It looks rusted shut. And the the like railed door itself, uh, I think, is likewise uh, in ill repair. If this is how Dr. Clarkson's been getting his stuff in and out, it it certainly doesn't look that way. So you instead, I think you run your hands along the back of the building. Uh, you walk along and feel and push. And as you put yourself in between the cart and the wall, uh, there's a, maybe a narrow opening. It's parked very close, maybe uh, six or seven inches. You scoot along and push just a little bit, tap with your hands, with your tip of your toes. And as you're doing this, you push and you knock. And rather than it sounding fairly sturdy, like it's well-backed by the wood, instead it sounds quite hollow. At that spot, you you feel around and the the outside of the warehouse has like tiered wooden shingles. And you feel underneath the edge of one of those and you feel a lip and you pull on it and it is a latch 
that your hand has found. And as you pull it, you hear a soft wooden click. You push, and that section of the wall just slides away. uh, And you found an opening into the rear of the building. So you have made your way into the warehouse. uh, And specifically, you've made your way into a pocket of the warehouse that's more devoted to the things that, well, that are, are good, are good? That Dr. Jebediah F. Clarkson is working on. I have a question for everyone, though. How has this place, this warehouse in general, been affected by Dr. Clarkson's trapped ghost? That's a fun question. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, things thrown against the walls, tables flipped over, chairs askew and thrown and broken. Maybe this ghost has some poltergeist qualities about it. I like that. And it is cold, noticeably colder. It wouldn't, it would be less noticeable if it was winter outside. It'd be hard pressed to tell the difference. But if it's any sort of warm outside. And it is. You shiver when you come in. And you, you can't really stop it. It's intermittent. I think on the the walls and on some of the surfaces, especially those that the ghosts has touched, they're starting to leave some ectoplasm. Just not a lot, just a a thin thin layer is starting to develop. Is it more of a tactile residue uh, in that it's sort of like gooey or icky or or is it more visual? Do you see kind of like a a hue or a glow or anything like that. It's tactile. Tactile? Okay. Yeah. Everything's just a little gross in here. Love that. Uh, Marshall? I think that if ghosts spend too much time in one place, they have this like presence about them that makes everything around them age rapidly. Mm. So like, like, premature decay on the chairs any metal has lost its like luster mm-hmm. starting to rust a little bit yeah very prematurely though yeah i like that a lot yeah i i think that this uh warehouse is a fairly new building to house the the rail yard materials everything will... looks older than it should be yeah so Angel Flynn, when you enter, it is cold. You feel a chill go down your spine just from entering this space. The hairs on your arm and back of your neck prick up a little bit. There's, of course, a sticky kind of residue on most surfaces. And all the the corners, the beams, the, the joists in this building all are aged and weary. And the space that you find yourself in is the workspace, the distillery, where Dr. Clarkson has been making his ghost be gone. There are a series of large vats. Large here being a a relative term. They're probably just kind of full barrels. You have barrels of this size, I think, in in your own uh, establishment, housing the the great deal of liquor you have there. There's three of these large barrels. They're full of some kind of liquid. I think based on its color and viscosity, it likely is Ghost Be Gone curing. You're not really sure what the process is yet, but it certainly is there. There's a variety of medical type instruments, some glassware. There's alchemical paraphernalia that you, of course, would be quite familiar with, given what you were up to earlier this day as well as just a shelf full of all kinds of strange tomes there on the wall in front of you. And to your right in the corner, there is a kind of a large crate that a a tarp has been thrown over. There's a platter with a kettle full of tea on it, and perhaps even a plate with some like, you know, light refreshments, some cookies or something like that. You've made your way here into the warehouse, and this seems to be the area where Dr. Clarkson does some of his work. Since you had a full success, uh, I, there's no complication here. You are inside here. You are here, and I'm not going to like throw an NPC in your face or anything. What are you doing? Uh, looking for the source of the urine. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Who does number one work for? <laughs> I so, think we established in Brindlewood Bay, Ghost Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, in Brindlewood Bay setup, we certainly talked about it enough. Yeah, so are you then inspecting, like, the vats themselves? Are you inspecting some of the equipment here? Are you, like, looking around any more in the warehouse? Uh, what are you doing? So she'll look under the tarp. Like I said, she's looking for the for the source of the urine. So she, she's not going to look in the vats other than just yeah. glance at inside of them and see that it's, you know, the ghost be gone. Uh, she'll definitely look at all, the, like, as many of the components as she can. Yeah. Uh, because she was only able to identify a couple of them. So she wants to know more of the ingredients. Uh, but her primary thing is trying to locate the source of the urine. All right. Uh, I'd love you to do a... This feels like a metal. Uh, sorry, it's not called a metal in this game. Let me check my notes. It's called a fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> It's time That's to fuck around and find out. Hell yeah, brother. So you said it's an information move? Yes, I think you're going to be rolling the information move. And uh, uh, this just feels like a reason roll. You're just okay. looking for something. You know, you're, you're doing a very logical look at this place. Okay. I rolled an eight. Well, seven okay. plus one. Uh, so that is a mixed success. Um, I'll narrate for you what happens, and then you can decide whether or not you'd like to put on a mask. Angel Flynn, you're poking around. You're rifling through some of the papers there on the desk. You're, you're kind of, I think maybe you ha- you brought some swabs or something with you, and you're like wiping the inside of some of the glassware and putting it underneath uh, some of the in- inspective equipment that is found there. When you go through the desk, and you, you you find all this paraphernalia that he has there. Three things stick out to you. There's like a box of metallic powders uh, in various colors and hues. Uh, I think the there's one of them is like a, a pot of sort of black metallic powder that would kind of explain the colors you've seen shining in the Ghost Be Gone. There's also a chemical testing kit, not unlike your own that you have back at uh, the saloon. And there's this series of glass beakers. That collection of items is actually a clue that you can take. So that's the clue that you receive from this. And after going over the desk's materials and not finding exactly what you're looking for, trying to find like the source of this urine, you do go over to where that tarp was cast over the crate and you lift the corner of that. I think you move the tray that has the tea kettle and, and the cookies on it. You set that on the table instead and you pull up the tarp to reveal this crate. It is sealed on top. You knock on it, and it sounds quite hollow. And when you go to try to remove the lid, you realize that actually the crate is oriented upside down. As you lift it, you see that this crate actually was covering something. It wasn't containing something. Underneath, you see a cage that we actually described previously in the discussion between Marshall Jefferson Stockley and Del Sol. Let me ask, I'll, I'll let you do some description here, Pat, if you want to. Why? Because uh, just for funsies. I'm not even there. Well, it was it was first introduced for you, but I guess I guess you're the first one saying it. I'll let either of you do it. Whoever you choose is you want to do it. This is a, this. There's it, the cage is made out of oxidized copper. It's marked with runes. It's described as being like a strange cage. What about it is is strange or or weird? Um... Other than it being oxidized copper marked with runes. Well, I think those are those are like known details about it. It's a pyramid rather than a cube. Oh, that's fun. I love that. I like that. Love it. Okay. So there's like this pyramid cage underneath this crate. This isn't the clue that you find. This is the clue that we already had. We're bringing the Illuminati into this shit. Or the Egyptians. That's what I said. Same difference. <laughs> So, so Angel Flynn, you lifted off this crate. Underneath was a strange cage uh, in the shape of a pyramid. It's composed of this oxidized copper. It's covered in these strange runes. And it is empty. 
it sits here in this hidden place and there's nothing inside of it. And do you go to, to pick it up or touch it in any way, Angel? Is it small enough for her to carry? Uh, it would definitely like, it's probably a two-hand carry. It's made out of copper. It's, you know, it's not teamless. not exactly light. Uh, is, um, is there paper around? Uh, yeah, there's certainly some paper around on the desk. Is there pencils? Yeah, you're going to like try to make a rubbing of the runes? Yeah. That's fun. Smart. I like that. I think while you're doing that, here's our complication. You hear the creaking of feet on wood as somebody is headed back here. I don't think you're able to get the crate back over the pyramid uh, or uh, or anything like that. When an older woman rounds the corner around the, the tarpon, she has graying black hair, clothes that once were white, now off-white with, with sweat and work and wear and use. She has a wash rag in her hands that is you know, currently covering them as she's finishing drying them off from something or, or, or getting something off of her hands. She sees you and stops. Well, hey, hey now. Oh, uh, well, what do you got going on there, miss? You aren't allowed back here. Okay, so if I used a mask... Yeah. Could I for the success have successfully put the the uh, crate back down uh, I think that if this were a full success you would have successfully put the crate back down and that would be before you hear her coming at all so basically you'd be able to either have this conversation with her here or even try to leave before she arrives okay so I would like to use a mask okay and I would like her to have arrive after. Uh, okay, just after everything's better hidden away. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to narrate a flashback showing how the bootstrapper was put in charge over you, you being the girl, even though you were just as qualified. Yeah, tell us this. I need a moment. This was not a scene I was mentally prepared for but. i mean or you could you could hold on to this and you could give it to us later okay um you don't have to give it to us right now right now okay i can give it to you later okay we'll earmark it then so then we rectify the scene instead the pyramid cage has been recovered by the box by the tarp you have put even the tray with the tea and cookies back atop it and it is around that time that you hear the f- the footsteps coming. Uh, how do you arrange yourself here? Um, if you're if you intend to stick around to to greet her. So as she hears the the steps, she will actively walk towards the sound. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Finally, so I found someone. Um, my name's Angel. I have an appointment. Oh, uh, hi there. I have an appointment, but I I've gotten completely turned around and lost. Um, do you happen to know where I could find a uh, Jebediah? Oh, you're looking for Jebediah? I I think he went out front. Actually, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, this isn't the front. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm. This is a new building. I'm 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 not familiar. Uh, could you? Show me or, or point me in the right direction? Uh, sure, I, I, I'd i be glad. I don't want to get her too close to... Uh, sure, I'd be glad to. She's yeah, like, you're getting real close to the deputy there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sure, sure, I'd be glad to. I could also... I was, I was also thinking like, oh, I, I'd be glad to. <laughs> sort of <laughs> move down from Wisconsin. Uh, but we're in Texas. I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, I don't uh, know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I could guide you to the front. <laughs> I might have to do that now, actually. <laughs> You'll have to recla- re-record your line. I could re-record my lines. It's fine. Okay. We call her Wisconsin Winnie. <laughs> or Minnesota Minnie. Minnesota Minnie. Clarice Dovers, as her name is. Uh, <laughs> but that's not fun. Guides you back to the front. I think along the way, the two of you uh, chat amicably. She doesn't seem terribly suspicious of you in any way. Uh, I think... Clarice is aware of your position in in the city, probably even has visited your saloon since coming to town. 
But she brings you back to the front. Clarice lets you out, undoes the lock for you and lets you through. Gives a nod. Towards the front of the building, there is like a, a watchman who's kind of kind of patrolling the space. There's lots of valuable materials here that anyone with a cart, if this place were unattended, could load up and, and run off with. So he gives a nod to Clarice and she lets you out the front door. You see the back of Jebediah F. Clarkson. And in front of him is Brother Gideon and Lorelai. And coming up the walk is Marshall Jefferson Stockley. Uh, how are you feeling walking off that liquor from earlier today? I feel a lot more level-headed than I did an hour ago. That's good. Dr. Clarkson. Now, how's the Marshall feeling walking off the liquor from <laughs> <laughs> He feels about the same. <laughs> Dr. Clarkson catches sight of you, Marshall, and gives uh, a little wave. He's been talking here for the intervening minutes with Brother Gideon and Lorelai. Uh, he's been regaling you uh, of his... Uh, tales of of traveling the world, uh, where he's acquired his his different pieces of knowledge. Of course, he did a stint going through Southeast Asia. He's been to Europe. He's he's climbed mountains. He's he's sailed across rivers. He's he's done everything. You know, recently he was in South America. He tells you all of these stories and explains kind of the the source of his experience of his knowledge. And he's I think really deep in this honestly fairly entertaining tale of a time he was on this riverboat on the Amazon. He was getting over some sort of awful gastric illness when their boat kind of crashed into the size of the Just river. Just say he had diarrhea, dude. After pooping a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> After a lot of shit. Just a lot of shit. And they like came upon some ruin there in the, the jungle that they would have otherwise missed. And it's kind of this this, this larger-than-life tale, uh, and he waves to the marshal and, and says, Oh, our guest of honor has arrived, Marshal Jefferson Stockley. Uh, welcome to my my humble enterprise. It is Glad a real have. weird vibe when he walks up, I feel like. Yeah. Because like I feel like Gideon has probably engaged him somewhat in this conversation. Lorelai has not said a fucking word. And is just staring daggers at him. Yeah. I do think Marshall, uh, as uh, it's not quite evening yet, but the sun is on its way down. We are in the late afternoon now. Uh, You can actually see that there are some people milling about the streets near the warehouse, more so than would normally be on the north side of town like this. During the day, Jebediah's cart isn't as active. Actually, he'll, he'll move somewhere to town to set up shop and sell Ghost Be Gone through the night. He's gotten a permit from town to do that. Who in town would give him a permit to do that? A council. What council? Council. We got a city council. We're gonna have to y'all, have some y- words with the city council. Y'all ain't the only power in this town. You're just the ghost related. You, you are a task force with a very specific goal related to this motherfucker's scam. <laughs> Why did the well, council not not discuss this with anyway? That's the thing. That's going to be a conversation for tomorrow. <laughs> Angel, how do I usurp the council? <laughs> I was thinking it too. Oh, you think she's gonna ask? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I I very much doubt. David, what's the complexity of the <laughs> of of the mystery if we try to usurp the council? That's <laughs> uh, a different a different threat. Re- remember, it's written into the bootstrappers. The bootstrapper has a tendency to take charge of things even when they're not the most qualified. Oh yeah, <laughs> Marshall. Uh, do do you say anything in response to Jebediah? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to come up with something snarky this whole time, and I don't have it. Yes, Dr. Clarkson, I I have uh, considered this meeting to be the highlight of the day for me. Well, I hope to uh, meet your expectations here uh, at my at my cart, at my... Well, I just hope to meet him, let's just say. <laughs> and behind, coming up alongside him, is uh, Angel Flynn coming along with Clarice Stovers. She comes over and and rests a hand on Dr. Clarkson's shoulder. He turns, sees her with a smile, and and sees you, Angel, with her, and says, Oh, 
the gang's all here. I see you've already met my expert chemist, Dr. Clarice Dovers. And she waves a hand at him and, and says, oh, please, we both know that I didn't complete my medical degree, but uh, <laughs> I am an expert uh, here, here in the barrels, though. Well, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you. Angel will extend her hand to shake uh, Clarice's. Yeah, uh, Clarice has been like mostly keeping her hands underneath this this towel that she's been carrying. But after waving her hand at uh, Dr. Clarkson a moment ago, she's already kind of uncovered them here. You can see that they're stained like a, a deep green color uh, in, in splotches across them. And she does take your hand. Uh, you don't like feel any residue or anything, but she does take your hand and shake it and says... Oh, it's a pleasure. And before, I think she goes on like she's going to to talk some more and Dr. Clarkson cuts her off. Uh, Well, now, I actually have something that I would love to discuss with the four of you in private after we've we've seen my operations. How how does that sound to the four of you? Lorelai just glares. I think the marshal also just glares. Oh, why? Uh, Jebediah, that, uh, please lead the way. (laughs) <laughs> we are aching to see what you have to show us. I think we've established that Angel is the mouthpiece of pleasantry in the group. <laughs> and Gideon is the mouthpiece of uh, prayer. The mouthpiece of God, one might say. Of godliness. I think Dr. Clarkson swallows. <clears throat> well... Come with me now. I'll uh, I'll lead the way. We'll just we'll take the direct path. I'll uh, I'll show you uh, where we've got things brewing, and, and we can have our discussion back there. How does that sound? And he doesn't actually wait for your answers. He just gestures and then starts walking towards the warehouse proper. He heads in through the front door, which was left unlocked by Clarice when she came through a moment ago. He tips his hat to the watchman there inside the warehouse and guides the four of you to the back corner uh, where, of course, Angel Flynn was just moments ago. There is a long table covered in all sorts of alchemical paraphernalia, as well as various books, scrolls, tinctures. And then off to the left, there are the three barrels we described earlier. And there in the corner, innocuous, is the crate covered with the, the tarp and atop it, is a platter with cookies and a big old big old jug of tea. And he pours out from that pitcher uh, into a few waiting glasses and offers to you all, uh, I have here some fine teas of the leaves I picked myself from the mountain peaks in Formosa. (laughs) And the cookies I, well, not much of a baker, I just picked them up in town. (laughs) Well, tea sounds lovely. Yeah, he pours you a cup. And uh, anyone else want tea? The, she doesn't drink it. Okay. She, <laughs> she, she like makes to drink it and then puts it down and then asks a question. And basically she makes it look like she's accepting his tea, but yeah, she's not actually going to drink it. She might put it down to pick. Yeah. So she'll put, she'll put her tea down to pick up like a beaker, you know, one of the beakers mm-hmm. that's on the table. And it's like, what is this for? <laughs> he says, well, uh, do be uh, gentle handling that equipment. It's all very expensive, shipped directly from Paris. Uh, it's uh, delicate. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar how to work with it, uh, please uh, be careful. I brought the four of you back here, you see. Uh, Why Paris? Oh, they just make all kinds of fine glassware there. Hmm. He, he like, Let's that silence hang for a moment. Yes, well, <laughs> you see, I've, I've got to say, after our interactions here in town so far, I've come to feel like maybe I'm a little bit less than welcome in your in your circles. Would would the four of you agree with that? My heavens, I do not know where you could have got that impression. Well. <sighs> That impression I've gained all the same, and I've given it some thought, and I believe that, well, when I came off my box at the end of yesterday afternoon, I 
I believe I stepped off on the wrong foot in front of y'all. I tend to hold animosity to people who break the laws in my town. And you were dealing ways with it coming upon Eve. Now, Marshal, uh, he reaches into his suit coat and pulls out uh, <laughs> get another document from the city council that he holds up and, and says, after our conversation uh, yesterday, I did speak with the council today and I do now have a permit to operate here in the evenings in these trying times. After all, how else will people uh, have access when they need it to that which can uh, cure their problems? <laughs> oh, well, by, by all means, may I? May I take a look? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he hands you the document from the city council. And she makes note of, of who who signed it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then hands it back. <laughs> uh, uh, he takes it and adds it back to his coat. You see, I... I wanted to speak with the four of you individually. Uh, not separate, of course. Uh, I just, I believe that there's something that, well, there's, a, there's an opportunity that each of you can pursue here that I would like to make available to you. While um, he's talking, yeah. Lorelai has gone over to where the books are and she's sort of like examining those. Okay. Oh, and, and Angel will actually uh, sit on one of the the lab benches because she figures this is going to take a while and she starts sharpening one of her knives just yeah not in a threatening way just sort of in a something to do with her hands kind of way yeah i think dr clarkson he starts with you angel now dear miss flynn you strike me as a woman of commerce one who pursues the opportunities that that fall so delicately into her lap would you agree with that assessment that is accurate. Well, I believe there's an opportunity here for you. You see, you have a, a fine establishment selling all kinds of delicious drinks and tinctures for the people of this town to enjoy. Well, for a, a, a fee, you could certainly license my product and sell it in your very own saloon, uh, taking, dare I say, 30% of the profits for your own coffers. Uh, after tax, of course. We pay the state first here in this lovely city, but... <laughs> I think that such an arrangement could be beneficial to your own enterprises. Brother Gideon, of course, you work at your church here in the town. Well, I'm sure that the kinds of crowds that I'm able to draw with my product, uh, you could come alongside and you could preach the good word or even do a benefit for the sake of your congregation here on the masses that I could provide for you. Marshal, you, of course, you're... Marshal Jefferson Starkley. Marshal Jefferson Starkley. Your role in this town is as much providing a sense of security as it is providing the security itself. And it is that indelible quality which my services can provide for your people here in the city. And I would like to offer those things to you. And when the people are feeling more secure, I know, dear, dear Miss Chambers, is it? I see you've taken a liking to the books that I have here. Well, as you are a school teacher, I, of course, am not surprised that you are a literate and well-read woman here about this town. I have heard that the schoolhouse here in the, the Wounded Night is closed more days than it is open. But if the people are feeling more secure, are more secure here in this town, defended against the ills of this ill-begotten night, well, I reckon the school doors themselves could open right back up and those children's smiling faces could all come on in out from the cold. What do you all think? I think, well, we would function much better as friends than as adversaries. Uh, <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Something for us to establish in the moment. Since I am ostensibly the death that goes out and brings everybody to the afterlife. Yes. Would it be fair to assume that I speak most, if not all, languages? 
four. Because I really want to ask him in Taiwanese which mountain he he picked the tea from. <laughs> he pauses and says, "Oh, bless you, dear. Was that was that a sneeze or something?" And she'll just kind of like smirk a little bit. She has a book open that she's looking at. And she'll just slam it shut. So, Jebediah, is this the sort of thing you've done in other towns as well? Uh, made arrangements with local establishments to resell your your wares? Well, most uh, certainly. Whenever there are opportunities that would be mutually beneficial, uh, regardless of what city I happen to be in, I, I strive to be a benefit to all people, wherever I go. You're not. Well, I, I understand that that's how you might feel currently, but I do hope to alter that opinion that you may have of me. It's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. She's just going to, like, turn around at him and finally let the, the fists open. Do you know what the Brother Gideon and I did today? We went to comfort a widow whose husband died last night fighting a ghost after drinking your swill. Well, it does have a limited uh, effective window. Are you sure that he followed all of the instructions on the bottle? I'm sure that it would not have mattered. I'm glad to agree with Miss Lorelai here. I'm of the official opinion that... I do believe that family would have been just fine without your concoction. Wait, wait a minute, Jebediah. Are you saying that there is an expiration? Because you had just sold that family, that ghost be gone, that day. So are you you saying that you are selling... A mere few hours earlier, in fact. (laughs) No, you see... Our bottling practices here are are top-notch. It preserves the activity of the fluid until it is ingested. However, were they to have ingested it, uh, you know, perhaps before dinner or uh, not alongside the presence of the specter itself, I cannot control the way that people might attempt to utilize my tinctures, but I can guarantee their potency. Do you know what happens when a ghost kills a person? I think he looks to you, and for the first time you've observed with him, Lorelai, though all of his bravado and persona are still there, you have no doubt in his words when he says, But of course. Then you know. Then you know how we must feel right now. Having Avery Pryor's soul destroyed because he trusted you. Well, if the group of you insist on being caught up in one occasion of misuse of my product, I certainly cannot stop you, but... If you will not at least entertain the possibilities that I offer you, then I'm afraid there's nothing more for the four of us to discuss here. Well, surely that's not true. Um, Why, you haven't even given us the factory tour. Surely yours that much? Yes, you promised us yesterday evening that you would take us on the factory tour. Well, when I made that promise to the four of you, it was under the the knowledge that you all were open to the possibilities. But now I can see that your minds are, are too, too narrow, too closed to see real value. Jebediah, I, I have... How have I shown myself to be closed-minded? I have merely responded and asked questions about your 
uh, about your product and and about responding to to this new information that I've I've received. I mean, you say that this death of this gentleman was as a result of his own mistakes. I am genuinely here to learn more and understand better about your product so I can make up my mind. But if you've decided that you're going to close yourself off to to us and and those of us with with open minds who are genuinely considering your offer and your your proposal, then by all means, close yourself off. But you have hardly given us any information to draw any other conclusions than last evening. Uh, give me the day move with with presence. What are you worried might happen? Uh, I guess she's worried what will happen is he's not going to give them the tour. Okay. Yeah, day move presence. As you try to convince him of this. Uh, eight. Eight. I think Dr. Clarkson gives his warm wooden smile again. Oh, <laughs> you're of course uh, right, Miss Flynn. I, I believe I might have gotten uh, ahead of myself, and I, I do apologize for that. Uh, perhaps not everyone here is ignorant. If you would like to pursue further opportunities that I may be able to bring for your, if your mind are open to the possibilities that the world contains and you're free to remain behind, but dear Miss Chambers, presumably uh, Marshall and perhaps even Brother Gideon, if, if you do not wish to truly understand the value I can bring and are not respectful of that, then I I must ask, as the current purveyor of this space, that you do leave my property immediately. Well, as the marshal of this here town, and he's going to lean in a little bit closer to Dr. Clarkson, he's going to point to the star on his chest, Mm -hmm. I have the duty of investigating every possible direction that a case can take me in the event of one of my citizens' untimely death. And given the fact that by the hands of a ghost, Mr. Pryor did pass on yesterday evening after procuring your tincture... I must do my due diligence and insist you give us a more in-depth display of how you concoct said tincture. When Marshall says thing about Avery passing on, Lorelei looks like she wants to say something, but she holds back, bites her tongue. After the Marshall is finished, she'll just look at Jebediah slightly less fire in the glare Mm -hmm. and she'll say well by all of my accounts you appear to be a charlatan and a liar if you can prove that you are not a charlatan and a liar on this tour then I suppose we have no problem good sir Jebediah you may rest well assured that we have nothing but respect for your fine business acumen we are here on a matter of curiosity I assure you, I have nothing but the drive to see justice done. On this, we can be agreed. I think he taps his foot for a minute, and then he whistles. And you hear the steps of the warehouse guard coming back to where the four of you are with him. And he looks to Angel Flynn, and he says, Dear Miss Flynn, I fear that the two of us are going to have to discuss our potential joint venture perhaps in the morning. (laughs) For tonight, while your vigilance committee friends are intent on remaining here on my premises when they clearly do not bear me the 
goodwill that they suppose. For this afternoon, I fear that our our talks must come to a close. (laughs) After all, I must ready my cart for the throngs of El Paso citizens who seek safety in these trying times. And I'm afraid that I must insist that I need to carry out my investigation here as I have not been satisfied yet as to what your operation is. Marshal, (laughs) sometimes in life we can't be satisfied. And I fear without a warrant, well, your jurisdiction only extends so far. Not onto my private property, I guarantee you that. Were warrants a thing back then? Um, warrants have been the thing for a while. Yeah. Um, Jebediah, uh, before we make our leave, there is one thing that has been uh, gnawing at me, and uh, I was wondering if you might be able to answer a small little question for me. Uh, the, the watchman is approaching, but he turns to you. Uh, of course. Miss <laughs> Flynn, <laughs> what can I do for you before we go? Well, I am quite perplexed as to the source of the urine inside of your, uh, your elixir. The, the, the what? <laughs> the urine, sir. Oh, <laughs> there are actually, uh, a few binding agents within the formula that, well help enable the tincture to maintain its properties uh, after sealing and bottling. It's probably just a combination of those that is evoking that sense. It does, of course, have quite a potent aroma, but uh, that's, that's, that's just the way that good medicine is. Ah, uh, I see. The, the watchman has arrived, and he clicks his boots, and Dr. Clarkson gives him a look. The watchman looks at the four of you and gestures with his hand for you to follow him uh, back out the front. I will be considering this as obstruction of justice. I hope you understand. (laughs) Well, Marshal, when you see some justice, you let me know. (laughs) Oh, wow. I want to beat this motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, I do believe. That's not the Marshal. Me, Pat, wants to beat this motherfucker. (laughs) Oh. Angel will replace her knives, the knives she was sharpening. Oh, mm-hmm. Thank you for your hospitality, Mr. Jebediah. But of course, feel free to take some of those cookies with you. Lorelai's going to steal a book. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think if you're trying to slip a, a book before you go, that'll be uh, the information move with composure as you try to do this. Okay, well, I have a point in that, so that's not yeah. the worst thing in the world. I'm going to put on a mask. Well, tell me the number first. Uh, six. I think you you do still take a book with you. And I'll say that the the consequence will not appear until the night phase. That sounds fun. We'll do that. <laughs> okay. But you don't get a clue from it. Um, I did want a clue. Well, you have, you have plenty of clues. <laughs> yeah, but we want more clues. Well... You gotta keep... You got to keep doing clues. We got to keep ma- finding more clues. That's the game. Well, as the four of you leave, I think we're going to end the day phase. Okay. Uh, we are now in the dusk as we are going to be moving into the night. I'm assuming based on the absolute quantity of clues that we have for uh, this, this threat, I'm assuming we want to answer a question this evening. But before we get to that, are there any other dusk moves that we would like to use that any of you have? I see Gwen waving a hand. Uh, what do you got? I have my saloon. You sure have your saloon. And each dusk phase, I get to choose that I can learn something interesting about an active threat, mm-hmm. ask the keeper any question I like, and mm-hmm. they will answer truthfully and completely or <laughs> in the form of a clue. Their choice. Do you, uh, do you want to know where the urine comes from? <laughs> <laughs> it's goat urine. Uh, that wasn't actually what I had in mind because I, yeah. I want to tie it into what would make sense for at the saloon. 
right? Yeah. So how would I gain information from the saloon? So, oh, I mean, people talk about stuff. You never know. Uh, true. Because uh, I was going to ask what the chemist's specialty was or her background. Oh, that's fun. You establish she comes into my saloon. That is something that my employees could have uh, learned. Yeah, uh, this won't be a clue, but I I think that Clarice Dover's background, I think that she actually worked in a laundromat for quite some time. Hmm. And she has like a started but not completed set of coursework in uh, chemistry, but... Dr. Clarkson referred to to her as a doctor, and that was very generous. So nothing in her background that would be that would account for any occult knowledge no, uh, or alchemy alchemic knowledge. No. And like in fact, the opposite. Like Clary Stovers is is as mundane as mundane gets. So she's a beard. Yeah. When we first encountered Dr. Clarkson. Yes. He had like a lackey boy that yes. was announcing him. Yeah. Is he still around town? Yeah. I want to talk to the lackey boy. That's well, you certainly can. Uh, we can declare in a minute uh, what everybody's going to try to do during the night, Fade. I feel, I feel like I could get him to be a lot more loose lip than Dr. Clarkson. Well, you are out of day phase. Because, so. because the problem... The problem with theorizing now is, is that we have clues, but I don't think we have had narrative to where a narrative set up for us to actually weave a theory that makes sense with the clues is my problem. Oh, I don't think so. I think you have specifically um, because because we know evidence that a ghost was in that one room that Angel mm-hmm. found, but the ghost wasn't present, so we actually don't know where he's keeping the ghost. Well, the ghost could be in we, the pyramid cage. Oh, it could be in the pyramid And like the key, we can't see it in the day uh, unless he summons it. And, I, and perhaps even that key that was found could potentially be a key to the cage. And he's Jebediah is probably controlling the ghosts using the elixir to prep the victims uh, in order to have their souls extracted in some way to All right. absorb the <laughs> We power. are definitely getting into answering a question. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, that, just, is- I'm trying to answer Pat's thing about whether no. or not we have enough information from the clues to, to I think, answer and i, I think, think we have we plenty to format a narrative i think we could do it right now but i wouldn't mind more clues if i we don't have them yeah i personally do not believe that we've had enough narrative to warrant a theory yet so let let me that is cohesive to the story that we've told let, so let me be up front with everybody we've worked through like roughly half the possible clues for this threat uh, we're at like eight clues uh the highest of the the questions and opportunities that we have which y'all aren't even interested in trying to pursue is is the only complexity eight um the one that we're probably going to go for is only a complexity four but i think there's plenty of the clues that could adhere to a narrative for specifically answering the question how can the ghost under dr clarkson's control be freed i think we we can answer that question with just just with the narrative that uh, uh, Angel was starting to weave there. So I think pacing-wise, we're done gathering clues about this threat. It's time to do something about it. And anything else will be established by your theory and then how the role goes and what happens in the night phase. That's what I think. Maybe I'm just having trouble piecing the clues together into a narrative. It's also been a minute. Yeah, And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to argue against Pat. I'm Yeah. No, I mean that that's fine. If everyone else I still want to know where that damn urine came from. <clears throat> if everyone else knows <laughs> knows how to weave the clues into a narrative for a the- theory, 
by all means, do it and I'll play along. I'm just saying I don't see it, which is fine. That's why there's four of us here to theorize. I think we should take a break. Yeah. We've been going for a couple Yeah, no, that's a good time. We'll take a break and we'll come back to... Let people kind of marinate for a little bit. Yeah, marinate. Think think about the clues we've received. Uh, You want to repeat the question that we're probably answering? So I think the one that it sounds like you guys are interested in going for is how can the ghost under Dr. Clarkson's control be freed? I want that ghost to kill Clarkson. That's that's the one that gets you that. So uh, I think that's the the one you want to answer. And something I'll say, if you want to know what the urine is, it's it's fucking theorized time, baby. You can decide. It's whatever we want it to be. (laughs) Um, And if you roll, that's what it is. It could be ghost Um, pee if we want it. I've considered. Yeah, I really have considered that as an option. I'll remind you of the clues. Then we will take a break. We have Jebediah is protected by the wounded knight. We have a story that Dr. Jebediah F. Clarkson from San Antonio was murdered years ago. We have a strange cage, a pyramidic cage made of oxidized copper and marked with runes. We have a spectral key. We have an ancient arcane label uh, on the ghost be gone. We have ink and urine as ingredients. And uh, why do you pronounce urine weird? I don't know, man. We have uh, the collection. He's artistic. Chain. Rope, chain, cord, barbed wire. Um, And then we have the collection of the metallic powders. I didn't write them down. Metallic powders. I got it. I got this one. It's a collection of metallic powders, chemical testing kit, and glass beakers. Yes, glass beakers. Um, Those are our clues. To hold uh, the urine. To hold hold the the urine. urine. Uh, Those are the clues we have, and then we have the scenes we've had. I don't think anybody heard me say artistic. (laughs) Artistic's good. (laughs) That's good. Good. Uh, You're right. I I didn't hear that. Let's take a five or ten minute break, and we'll come back. Fuck yeah, dog. It's me, David. We'll be answering our threat question next episode and then having our final night phase the following. So I left all of our clue review at the end of today's episode so that you could conveniently have it too. In mystery forward games like this one, I like to hear audience theories before we reveal how our table dealt with them. If you want to share with us your own wall of red string, you can find links to our Twitter at TOTA podcast, TOTA podcast and on the Podcast Nexus Discord, where you can shout out your ideas. We'll review those submitted during our post-apocalypse for this arc, so you can look forward to that then. I am very excited to hear what you come up with. Talk to you soon.